I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Oh, dear, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we might have to talk about that. That's on your list. We might have to talk about it a little bit. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you are George Chapel. I, I am Keystone. That is true. This is George and Keith's Musings. We talk about pop culture and the things we like. And you'll recall, fans of our podcast, we did war movies uh, not too long ago. Yep. And we're going back into the movie well, and we're going with black and white movies. Yes, indeed. That's a lot, lot of lot of great uh, great movies on here. As I as I started kind of compiling this, it was uh, this list kind of came together easier than I thought it would. What surprised me, George, is we didn't have to go back to 1930 or 1940 to find some good movies. There's a lot more current yeah. movies yeah. that maybe you wouldn't think about. That's true. I, I have a couple on my, on my list that are, uh, well, they're less than 50 years old anyway, so I guess that's that says something. There you go. Yeah. As Well, we're over the 50 years old, Simon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, George, you go ahead. What's your number 10 best black and white movie? Well, num- number 10, I'm, I'm feeling a little seasonal, a little festive. I know this isn't a Christmas movie list. Uh, I think we've done that one before. Uh, this one was probably on that list for me, but it also comes in on, on my black and white movie list at number 10, and it's A Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, this movie came out, I think, in 1947. It was part of that, that feel-good post-war uh, boom times in the United States. And this movie had my all-time favorite Santa Claus, the uh, the Edmund Gwen Santa Claus from Miracle on 34th Street, in my opinion, is the ultimate uh, movie Santa Claus. And that's largely why uh, it makes my list at number 10. George, you scared me to death. You started talking about Christmas movies. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that It's a Wonderful Life was going to be number 10. So, uh well rest assured rest you assured. saved yourself yeah <laughs> you saved yourself okay my number 10 is uh miracle on 34 is not on my list okay C- citizen kane is my number 10 all right um released in 1941 it was orson welles first feature film and the, it's a story about charles foster kane who was a composite of several media moguls and not by me, but it's considered by many to be the greatest film of all time. I've, I've seen and, that. Yeah, see, you see it on a lot of lists. And I don't get it, but um, the movie revolves around a reporter trying to find out the meaning of Kane's last words when he said Rosebud. Right. And I don't want to spoil it for <laughs> anybody, but uh, close your ears if you don't want to know it. But it turned out to be his childhood sled. Right, kind, right, yeah. Kind of strange. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right here. You can't have a spoiler alert on an 80 year old movie. You know, if you haven't seen it by now, you're but, right. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was a box office flop. Right. Um, and it got nine Academy Award nominations. At the ceremony, all nine nominations when they were announced were booed by the crowd. <laughs> Yeah, and they re they they re-released it in 1950 to more success. Okay, I, I I saw the movie as well. I guess you know I I think it's one of those movies that that they say is, is groundbreaking and it did a, it innovated a lot of 
a lot of you know filming techniques but you know it, that's that's neither here nor there for me it was i was like yeah i i saw it and i kind of i think maybe had your reaction to it it's like yeah okay right yeah exactly Okay, number nine. All right, number nine. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to a comedy uh, now. This is a classic comedy from director Billy Wilder, going back to the '50s, uh, with uh, starring uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe. You may have heard of the movie called "Some Like It Hot." Uh, "Some Like It Hot." It was a uh, movie took that took. Well, it came out in the '50s, but it took place during the '20s. During the uh, you know the the hot gangster era uh, of Chicago, and Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis kind of they witnessed the Valentine's Day massacre, and so they had to go on the run. And the way they did it is they went they dressed up as women, and joined a woman's band uh, that just happened to have Marilyn Monroe in it. So as you might expect, lots of lots of capers uh, came out uh, as a result of that. Uh, Tony Curtis, he was trying to to sweet talk Marilyn Monroe while still not like blowing their cover. Um, and then Jack Lemon, when he's dressed as a woman, he's getting uh, hit on by some some rich dude in Florida. Just correct. Just a lot, a lot of lot of funny, funny moments in that uh, classic movie. So yeah, some like a hot. That's my number nine. Okay, some like a hot is my number eight. Okay, and it's for. A personal reason, it was my parents' first date. Is that right? They went and saw some like it. Oh, I'll, I'll be darned. 1959, that movie came if, out. If not, and, if not for some like a hot, there may be, there may have been no Keystone. Right. Yeah. Right. It'd be like Back to the Future. I'd be erased. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Marilyn Monroe was a horrible actress. Yeah. Um, and she had a lot of problems. It took her. She only did one line. It only took her one take. Um, she had a line where she says, it's me, Ginger, which is her name, character's name. Yeah. Took 47 <laughs> takes to get that one. And then she had another one where she says, where's the bourbon? 40 takes uh. to get that right. Oh, uh, um, they must have loved working the, with her. Yeah. The movie was banned in Kansas because cross-dressing was considered to be too distressing for Kansas. Wow. So they couldn't do it. I guess we're not in Kansas anymore. No, there you go. <laughs> um, Marilyn Monroe's contract stipulated that all her films be shot in color. But the problem was the makeup that Lemon and Curtis had on in color, it looked greenish. Oh. So that's why they went with black and they white. There'd have been some, some, I mean, they, were, they weren't pretty as, as girls to begin with. Imagine if they, were, they had green colored skin. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then finally, my last piece of trivia for you is Jerry Lewis was offered the Jack Lemon role, but he didn't want to dress in drag. Oh, and Lemon was nominated for an Oscar for that. Role. That yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Lemon, Jerry Lewis, uh, they they picked the right JL for that one. Jack Lemon was uh, he that was he owned that role. He was awesome. He was yeah. Good. So back to my number nine. Okay, you did not yep. need it. Yep. This is interesting. Um, the movie is Raging Bull um, from 1980. Now, what oh. the heck are they doing making black and white movies in 1980? That's a yeah, and, good call. I forgot all about that. Well, what's, what's funny is I had this movie ranked higher. 
And while I was preparing this list, I said, man, it's been a long time since I saw this. I'm going to watch it. And it really disappointed me. Oh, it wasn't very okay. good. But it's got Joe Pesci in it. So any movie with Joe Pesci in it is going to make my top ten. I, I think he he got um, nominated for an Oscar, didn't he? Uh, you're asking me questions I don't okay. know about. Well, let's say he did. But it's a it's a true story about a boxer named Jake LaMotta. Yeah. He was a middleweight champion, and he it, all he had so many self destructive behaviors, and it ruined his life. Yeah. He was terrible to his two wives. Uh, he's a big drinker. He lost everything he had. Um, now, one of the reasons that they filmed this movie in black and white is because they couldn't quite match the color schemes of the times. This, this was supposed to take place in the yeah. 40s. And so they couldn't match the color of the boxing gloves or a lot of the other okay. things. And what they did, because it was in black and white, to uh, show it better on film, they used Hershey's syrup uh, as blood. Oh, wow. That, okay. And it's tasty. It yeah. is tasty. Um, and then the sound effects for the punches landing were made by squashing melons and tomatoes. Ooh. So when you hear those, that's what Ooh. that is. So Gallagher could have been very helpful. It, it probably, yeah, it probably, he was probably a uh, technical assistant on that movie. Uh, yep. The characters of uh, De Niro and Pesci were brothers. And so they lived together for several weeks before shooting so they could get closer like the brothers they were going to portray. Some of that movie took place in Detroit, I believe. Well, I'll tell you what. He fought a lot of fights in Detroit. Um, they were showing it like he fought Sugar Ray Robinson like five oh, yeah? times. And they would show like he fought at Olympia. One time they fought at Briggs Stadium. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So I don't know if it was filmed in Detroit, but his life was certainly in okay. Detroit a lot. All right. Well, good one. Um, Thank you. Number eight so for number George. Eight for, I'm, I'm sticking with Billy Wilder. Um, you know, Billy Wilder did such a great job with Some Like a Hot. He directed another Jack Lemmon movie uh, just a couple years after that uh, called The Apartment. Uh, the Apartment was it came out in 1960, won Best Picture, I think, for that year, and stars Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. And Jack Lemmon uh, is just, he, he works at a, an insurance agency, I think, in, in New York City. And he's a single guy, and he has an apartment. And he's and all the uh, and he's trying to advance in the in the company, and all of the uh, all the guys that he's trying to impress, they all use his, Jack Lemons' apartment to have affairs with like their secretaries and things. So Jack Lemon basically he lives in this apartment, but he keeps getting kicked out all the time because uh, he's trying to to advance in the company. But uh, so it's it's really a it's huh. real it's a real dark comedy. Uh, it's it's kind of an an indictment of of the era, if you will, but it's also kind of a, a kind of a nice love story between Jack Lemon and uh, and Shirley MacLaine. So, uh, it's, cool. uh, it's it's really it's real. I don't know if you've if you have never seen it before. It's really an exceptional movie. So, uh, when I, I and, and it's in black and white. All right, well, you're doing really well because two of your movies on your list so far, I do not have. I don't even think I considered okay. them. So, All well right. done. So that, that was, was my... I'm up to my number, my yeah. number seven, yep. right? Okay, I'm going to go with a comedy. That's uh, Dr. Strangelove, um, a Stanley Kubrick movie from 1964. 
It's a satirical movie about the Cold War where uh, an off-the-rails American general orders a nuclear attack on Russia. And the rest of the movie is based on trying to reverse that order, which ultimately fails. And... Um, I was just going to say it's it's quite a coincidence because I have have that at number seven as well. So I think we can both kind of give. Okay. Both well, I should have stayed away from yeah. plot. No. Uh, just go with my. Trivia. Okay. Um, P- Peter Sellers plays three yep. roles in the movie. Um, also stars George C. Scott, Slim Pickens, and James Earl Jones. I think it's James Earl Jones' first movie. Oh, I don't I know. I think it Maybe. was. Yeah. Even better. Uh, well, it came out in '64, yeah. so. I don't know how old the Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, it was originally it was originally scheduled for release on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, a day you might remember, remember as Kennedy's assassination. Yeah, I, I was all in nine months old. I remember it very well. Yeah, yeah. So they released it in January of sixty four. There was a line in the movie that Slim Pickens had said, "A fellow could have a good time in Dallas with all that yeah. stuff." So they had to change it in post production to right, Vegas instead right. of Dallas. Good one. That was, yeah, that was that was that was an exceptional exceptional movie. Very funny, very very topical. Um, but uh, Peter Sellers, who who I love, I think he's just he's one of the greatest comedic actors of all time. Uh, really, really nailed nailed his role. Especially, I think he he, he one of the roles that he played was. Uh, the president of the United States. And uh, well, yes. I think one of the funniest parts of that movie is he, he gets on the phone with the Russian premier and he has to break the news to him that, uh, that we've got a rogue plane that's going to, to bomb, to bomb Russia. And it is, his delivery of that whole scene is, is, is really, really funny. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay. That's number For seven. Both of both of Dr. Yep. Strangelove or how I, well, how I learned how, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yeah. All right. Okay. So since I introduced seven, you get to okay. introduce number six. It. Number six is the oldest movie on my list. I think this one goes back to probably 1933 or 1934. But when I was a kid, I absolutely loved the Marx Brothers. You, I could watch, um, I could watch Marx Brothers movies all the time. And and probably their greatest movie ever was a movie called Duck Soup. And it was it was kind of similar to Dr. Strangelove in, in a lot of ways. in that it was about uh, about two countries uh, going to war. Uh, it was kind of an anti-war movie, uh, but there were just so many great comedic moments in it. Um, you know, Groucho Marx uh, just had delivered, you know, one liner after one liner. Um, there was the classic scene of, uh, Groucho and and Harpo facing off, you know, pretending to be in a mirror and kind of like having to mimic each other's movements. A lot of great moments in that movie. Um, and, and I, I I couldn't do a black and white list without saying something about the Marx brothers. So I got ducks, I got duck soup at number six. That's a good call. I, I left the Marx brothers off. So shame on me. Um, my number six is the most recent movie on my list. It came out in 1993, and it's okay. Schindler's List. Um, it's a true story, and 
Steven Spielberg ended up directing it, but he had the script for several years before he was ready to do it because he didn't think people were ready for a Holocaust movie. So he tried to pass it off on several different directors, but nobody would take it. So he ended up doing it himself. Um, You probably know more about the plot than I do. So is is it on your Uh, list? It it certainly is. So Okay. So I'm going to let you get into the plot at some point. Sure. Um, And I'll just Um, give you my... My little trivia. Yeah, well, no, that, that's good. But Where yeah, you... I've, I've got it uh, a ways up on the list, let's say. Okay, well, we'll wait and you can come back sure, and tell sure. us the plot. Um, but what I can tell you is that um, all of Spielberg's royalties and the residuals went to the Shoah Foundation, which documents the stories from the Holocaust Wonderful. production. Um, the, now, you're, you're going to love this, George. The production was so grim that Spielberg hired Robin Williams to tell jokes to the <laughs> cast. And and Spielberg spent all of his off time watching science. <laughs> no kidding. Films. That that yeah. I did not know. That's and then, then Seinfeld paid him back by dedicating the uh, the close talker episode to Schindler's list. I did you know, not know the, that. Yeah, you know, the Judge okay. Reinhold one. Yeah, that was one that was one where she, they were Newman caught Jerry making out during Schindler's list. Oh yeah. yeah good call. Uh, the last nugget I have for you is that Harrison Ford was the first choice really? to play Schindler, but he, but he declined because he didn't think audiences could get past uh, him being Indiana Jones or Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Take your pick. So that was my number six. You've got it way up yeah. there, so well, I'll let you talk about it when you get there. Um, okay, so we're on to number five. Number five. Are, are we? Dick, what was two. your six? Yep, okay, so we're yep, on number, number five. five. Number five is the second newest uh, movie on my list, and this goes back to, I think, 1975. Another comedy. I, have a, I, I really hit the, the comedies hard on this, this black and white list, I, I noticed. Uh, again, one of my all-time favorite comedies. I just, this this movie just never ceases to to crack me up. Uh, you may remember a, a Gene Wilder and Marty Feldman movie from the mid '70s called Young Frankenstein. Um, oh man, I sure do. Uh, just you know, one one liner after one liner, and not you know, not only that, you had uh, Madeline Kahn and Terry Gar and, and Peter Boyle as as the monster. Um, and, you know, the, uh, you know, when, when Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle sing putting on the Ritz, man, that, that just cracks me up. Um, and of course, and of course, you know, you, you might call me out saying, well, it wasn't young Frankenstein. It was young Frankenstein because that was, that was the whole thing in the beginning. He didn't want (laughs) to be associated with his psycho (laughs) grandfather. So, so for the first half of the movie, he was called Frankenstein, but, um, yeah, young Frankenstein exceptionally funny movie uh, never gets old number five i had that movie at number three and uh i'll go through some of the reasons or well, some of the trivia okay. on that movie um the uh, if you notice the hump on igor's <laughs> back changed yep. from side to side and uh marty feldman did that all <laughs> on his own um gene hackman 
actually had a yeah, four minute that's part. That's right. And he begged Gene Wilder for a part because he wanted to do comedies. So they let him do that. Okay. Um, during yeah, this, he was the this, blind this man. Is my favorite one. Yes. Yeah. Um, during a break from recording, Aerosmith watched the movie. <laughs> the next day, Steven Tyler wrote Walk This Way based on Igor's really? scene when he says, Walk really? This Way. Walk This Way. That, that's yeah. awesome trivia. I love that. Oh, you can feel free to I use will. it at parties. If we, if we ever have parties again, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. So, okay. So that was your five, my three. I guess I could yeah, do my five. Yeah, now you five. do your five. Okay. What do you got? Okay, my number five is 1960 Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. It's Psycho. Um, it's all about Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins. And the famous scene where he kills, well, somebody kills a woman in yeah. the shower. And Norman Bates is talking to his mother yep. all the time. And again, if you haven't seen it too bad, um, at the end we find out that Norman had killed his mother and her lover 10 years earlier, and she was just a mummified yeah. body. <laughs> he was a uh, psycho. Yeah. We see at the end. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, later, later in his career, um, Hitchcock wanted to film a movie at Disneyland, and they wouldn't do him because he made that disgusting psycho yeah. film. Yeah. So they wouldn't let him on the Okay, on the yeah. That was uh, uh gr- yeah, great uh great suspense movie. Um I, I had it on my honorable mention. Um I've seen it a couple of times. I, I I I I do like it. Um but in, yeah, I I mean I I I, I certainly I respect it's okay. it. That's good. That's good. Paramount um thought it was going to bomb. So uh, at the time, Hitchcock was get was charging a two hundred fifty thousand dollars fee to direct the movie, and he said, "Well, I'll tell you what, I'll take sixty percent of the box office instead of the two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> and Paramount thought they were going to yeah. get away with murder, so he did it. Hitchcock made fifteen oh, million dollars. Yeah, good, beautiful. Um, Janet Janet Lee was the woman that got yep. stabbed in the shower, and she always took baths yeah. after that." Is that right? She never took a shower oh, again. Yes. And um, the final thing is the movie was shot in black and white because Hitchcock did, thought the color would be too gory. Okay. Nobody could handle it. I, 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 the black and white, it lends a certain, a certain it's kind of a, a weight to it. And I, I think it, I think the movie, a lot of times it comes off better in black and white. I think Psycho is one of those. Yeah. Yep. You're right. All right. So where are we? We're number You're, four. I did. That was I did five. five. All right. So okay, and my five was Young Frankenstein. So we're on to four. Okay, so number four. Uh, four. I'm. This is this is the third Billy Wilder entry uh, on my list. Uh, and I know, room, I know, man. man I, I, uh, the, the guy. The guy's a great director, though, and the guy can put together a good black and white movie. Well, this one. Uh, was from I think 1950, 52. It's called Sunset Boulevard, and Sunset Boulevard is uh, oh. starred uh, uh, William Holden and Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson was incredible in this movie. She played this 
you know, talk about your psycho. She played this uh, psycho former uh, silent movie star who still thought the whole world just couldn't wait for her to return. And so, you know, she kind of lured William Holden into her world to kind of get herself back, back into movie stardom. And, but she was, she was just like completely off the rails and ends up uh, killing, killing William Holden at the end of the movie as the police come to take her away. Uh, one of the most memorable final shots of any movie ever um, is when with her just coming down the stairs and looking at the camera like a complete psychotic uh, lunatic. So, uh, but yeah. an exceptional movie, uh, Sunset Boulevard. I love it. Didn't make my list, but yeah. I'm aware of it. And uh, what what was the name of the character? Norma Desmond. Played? Norma Desmond. Oh, so I seem to recall that the Carol Burnett yeah. did a lot of. Yeah, they did. Okay, my number four is one of my favorite actors. Um, It is Henry Fonda in The Grapes of Wrath. Um, It was a depressing movie um, about the Joad family as they travel from the Dust Bowl of Oklahoma to try and find greener pastures in California. This took place during the 30s. but so many bad things happen. They're, they get to California. And the place is overrun with people looking for work. Their dog <laughs> gets hit by a car. Their daughter has a stillborn baby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just terrible. Um, John Steinbeck yep. wrote the novel, and it was banned in several areas of California due to protests by large farms and the oh, banks yeah. that finance them because they were making these yep. farms look bad. Um, the same groups called for a boycott of all 20th Century Fox films. And Steinbeck wow. received death threats. You know, I, I yeah. okay. And then uh, Henry Ford got an Oscar nomination for that movie. And he holds the record for longest time between nominations. Uh, 1940, Grapes of Wrath. And then 1981, Zara, he, Golden Pond. He had, so for, he had no nominations years. between those two? Wow, so that's, that's, that's incredible. Me. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I never saw the movie. I did read the book. Um, and the book, well, it was, the book was really good and just as depressing uh, as, as you described the movie to be. So, awesome. Yeah, I actually read the book too, which yeah. is a bigger <laughs> surprise. Uh, all right. That takes us to number three. Yeah, uh, you, you gave me Sunset your number Boulevard. four already. All right. So number number okay. three, we're getting we're getting to the big the big time now. Uh, number three was a movie that came out I think in 1942. Uh, and th- this movie probably has more quotable lines maybe than any other movie out there. Yeah, I'm talking about. Here's looking at you, kid. Uh, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. We always have Paris. I'm talking about Casablanca. Uh, Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, uh, Peter Lorre. Uh, basically, just the, the movies about uh, the, the Nazis are in control of North Africa and, and they're trying to get, you know, people are trying to get visas to, get, to be able to get out. 
and the whole movie just kind of centers around that. But what move, what makes the movie so great, really, I, in my opinion, is just so many great quotable lines. And, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's a, just a movie that you can, you can watch over and over again. It, it never gets old. Casablanca, number three. Well done. Not on my list, but it's on okay. my honorable mention list. And, uh, you're right. It's all those lines, and Humphrey Bogart's got such a uh, a voice and a cadence that you can uh, impersonate. It's it's really oh yeah, all the gin well. joints and all the towns and all the world. She walks in a mine. Yeah, just there's there's the whole thing. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, my number three okay. is Young Frankenstein. Yeah, so we covered that. So my number two, right back oh. to Henry Fonda. Um, it's called Twelve Angry Men. See, now I would have thought he would have gotten nominated, um, and it for revolves. That. Yeah. I'd... Well. Okay. You I got can it. fact check but... me and uh, go call no, me out no, on go Twitter. Ahead. I'm, I'm with you. But um, so it's a story of a jury and a trial involving an 18 year old accused of stabbing his father to death. Um, the jury initially thought he was guilty, but through the through the film, eventually yep. completely flip, and they find him not guilty. Now, we don't know any of the juror's name until the very end when juror number eight, yep. who was Henry Fonda, introduces himself yep. to juror number nine. But that's it. We find out some of their occupations, but nothing about um, yeah. nothing about their names. And um, Jack Klugman... Yep. Uh, of odd couple fame he was one yep. of the jurors uh e.g marshall who was one of the grandfathers in christmas vacation he was in it um yeah he was in it oh, uh, very I think good. lee j cobb he was the he was the last holdout i think um uh, well i can tell you that none of those 12 jurors the oh actors are that's, alive that's a shame i wonder it was, it was probably that 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 yep. kid that they acquitted he probably came back and killed them all <laughs> might have been Ooh, wow that's mean um the race of that defendant was never revealed and that was on purpose and um all but three minutes of the film was shot inside the jury room yeah was 16 by you know, 24 I, that, that was on my honorable mention i really it, it probably would have been number 11 um yeah it's a great movie and you know what i I had not seen that movie until probably about a month or two ago. It's the first time I'd seen it. But yeah, I think it was a movie I had to watch. We had watched it in yeah. civics yeah. class or something in high school. Yeah. And uh, I really right. liked it. Very good. My that was two. two for me. What you Well, we, I, I know when I, I scared you at the beginning of this list when I started talking about Christmas movies. But uh, this is where, this, number two, this is where I'm slotting It's a Wonderful Life. Um, we've, we've talked about it before. I think it was my all time number one Christmas movie. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy Stewart as, as George Bailey, uh, is just the, the ultimate movie hero in my opinion. And the reason he's a hero is it's not because he's, he's always a, 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 a good and positive guy. You know, he's, he's, but he's, he's real and he's a real guy and he has his hopes and dreams and he has his responsibilities and his temptations and 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 through it all, you know, he, he he always does ends up doing the right thing. 
and it almost ends up costing him. But in, but in the end, I mean, we all, we all know this story. Uh, he, he, he has his final redemption yep. at the end of the movie and, and, and uh, that the ending of that movie gets me every single time. It gets me too, George. That's uh, why it's number one. On okay. Um, at the, uh, you remember the scene where the uh, gym floor yep. opens at the dance and over to the pool. Um, that is real. Okay. That's at Beverly Hills high school. And it, it's still in use today. Um, Beulah Bondi was the actress that played yes. George Bailey's mother. She played James Stewart's mother Is that in right? four other movies. Yes. Um, Mr. Potter and his bodyguard are always dressed the same. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really age at all through the movie, does he? And He's this, just this crotchety old mean guy. No. This is my favorite piece of trivia of all the <laughs> trivia I've given you. Um, Carl Switzer, when that's your name, doesn't mean anything to you. But he had a small role in a movie uh, during the high school dance scene. He was talking to Mary uh-huh. when George first met her. And he was in the, he was in the dance scene when the, pool, the, mm-hmm. the floor opened up. Carl Switzer <laughs> played yeah. Alfalfa. Uh, the uh, little rascals. Uh, uh, I, I did, did you know that? Fact. Yeah, and and I just I like the way, and he almost is he's very alfalfa like in that scene. You know, when the when the one guy hands him the key and he holds the key and he kind of does this this very animated nod and he purses his lips together. It's like that's alfalfa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very All good. Right. Well, well done, George. I thought I okay. thought I was gonna blow your so mind. So that was my two. It was your one. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm you're on, I'm so out. So my one. That's what, I've got Schindler. Schindler's list tops the list uh, for me. Um, again, you know, talking about movies that make you cry at the end. It's Wonderful Life certainly does, and Schindler's List always always does too. Uh, the movie, you know, I had a lot of comedies on this list. This movie is so much not a comedy. Uh, it's, it's just a, just a, a grim, yes, grim story, but a story that kind of had to be told. Uh, it's, it's beautifully shot. It's, uh, and it, and it just, you know, and if, if it's a wonderful life as a movie about redemption, so is Schindler's list because Oscar Schindler was not a good person at the beginning of that movie. You know, he was just kind of a war profiteer. And he was kind of this lecher and he was and he was really not a good guy at all. But over the course of the movie, he just finds his humanity and he truly redeems himself uh, by the end. So, you know, it's it's just a a pure story of of redemption and and how even a Nazi can can do the right thing. <laughs> Don't you think? That should even be a tagline Nazi, somewhere. Yeah, what if they made that yeah. the tagline for Schindler's List? Even a Nazi can do the right thing. <laughs> there you go. Okay, George. Now you scared me to death about it's a wonderful life, but then you opened with this: "We're not in Kansas anymore." And I thought you were going to try and claim the Wizard of Oz. I know. I know. Well, movie. that's why I see. But we're, we, it starts in black and oh. white. She's in Kansas. And then it goes to color, and they weren't in Kansas, but I guess I should have, should have said we're we're back in Kansas because it's it fin- the movie finishes in black and white. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Every time yep. they were in Oz, it was yep. color. over the rainbow. Yeah. 
Oh, well done, George. Well done. Yeah. I, I didn't, that was really good. Um, I was a little scared about black and white movies, but turns out yep, we're you smarter than the average bear. All right, All George, right you too. Enjoy well. the rest of your day.